You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast. My name is Rachel Autry and I am the host around here and I get to talk with some really incredible people about what's happening in their lives, what God is doing, and any kind of wisdom that they might have to share with me and us. And today's conversation is (laughs) amazing. I don't know if you've heard the song, I really hope you have, My Jesus by Ann Wilson, but it has truly topped almost every single chart, and is K-Love's Female Artist of the Year. She is 20 years old, and I'm fangirling because she's joining us in today's conversation to talk all about, yes, the song, but where it came from, and more importantly, how do you hold hope in the midst of suffering, loss, and the chaos that life can throw at us. Anne has one of those stories that you listen to and you think, oh my goodness, either you can relate or you would never want to have to relate just with the loss that her and her family have walked through, but the way that they've come about it, how they've turned a corner and how they've said, God, you have to show up here is one of those desperate calls for hope that I think is so inspiring, so contagious, and truly is making me walk away from this conversation a completely different person. I have a new lens, a new hope, and I pray that you do too. And I am so excited that you chose to listen to this episode today. Anne Wilson, welcome to Behind the Bliss Podcast. This is such a treat to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is always so fun. Like we have a lot of authors on the show, but we rarely have authors that like double dip in a different like media type thing. And so here you are, you cover, you cover a lot of areas in this world. You are musician and also author. Yeah. And a lot of other things, but how have you been? I feel like the holidays and all of that and all the fun projects you've got going on. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I, it's been a, a very interesting year. Um, it's been a lot of hecticness that I, it's been a gift, but it's also like holding the gift in one hand and then the overwhelmed on the other hand of like being 20 years old and like being brand new to music industry, like something I never really dreamed of doing or asked to do, you know, growing up, like I, this wasn't like my dream. So to be thrown into like, this is a full-time career at 20 years old is definitely like a lot to handle, but there's so much grace that the Lord's giving me and it's just kind of made me like mature, like overnight. And basically I feel like I'm like a 30 year old or something like with what I'm doing right now, like it's crazy, but it's been a really beautiful season of just being able to watch God like firsthand just show up in my life and like prove himself to me. He didn't have to prove himself, but he chose to do it. And it's just like really sweet to see how he's chosen to like bless our family and use the story of my brother and bring it all to something beautiful. So it's been like a really good season of just seeing God's faithfulness. Yeah. Uh, Our friend Jess Connolly says this is managing blessings where you're like so completely overwhelmed. Mm. Like she's, she was walking through a house renovation that took way longer than anticipated. She's like, I Mm. am so frustrated and first world problems, but I'm just managing Mm. blessings. And I'm like, that is so good that Uh, you're allowed to be overwhelmed and also allowed to be like, 
but thanks. <laughs> like, I'm glad yeah. I'm overwhelmed about this and not yeah. other things, you know? Absolutely. Oh, it's such a- so wild. Okay. So you did not dream of doing this. I was going to ask you, like, were you the little girl that would like watch Hannah Montana and dreamed of being a pop star? Or was this a, you thought, oh, I'm going to write this thing from my heart. And it just kind of evolved into what it is, but you already answered that. So kind of tell us like, yeah, what did all that look like? I, well, I like God, actually do love Hannah Montana. <laughs> that was like one of my faves. I was such a business kid. I loved Disney Channel. My my brother, when he was alive, he was like in. He would always tell my mom that like Disney Channel ruined me because it gave Hilarious. me like a bad attitude, and I was like <sighs> sassy and whatever. But I loved it. It was loved Disney Channel. Like it was great. Um, but I grew up wanting. So like as a really little girl, my mom would tell. She told me this later on in life, but she would say like three, four, five years old, like you know, super little. I would. Um, just look up into the sky all the time. And she would always ask me like, what are you looking at? And I would just be like, I'm just looking at the stars or the sky or didn't even really understand what that was at the time. But I just had like this passion for like space as a super little girl. Um, And I just wanted to go to space. I wanted to see it. I wanted to like explore it. And then when I became a Christian, like later on in my life, uh, I was in seventh grade when I accepted Jesus into my heart. And I grew up in a Christian home, but like it was very much... um, not anything to do with my parents or how they presented it to me, but I felt very much like it was a religion and like, I didn't really want anything to do with it. And I dreaded going to church and I didn't want to go to Sunday school. And I just had no desire. Like I just had no desire to pursue God. And then it was until uh, my first day of seventh grade school year that um, I decided to give my life to Jesus. I, we had a new Bible teacher come to our school and he would just like, he couldn't say the name Jesus without weeping. And he just had like such a passion for him. And it was the first time I had seen like a grown man cry over Jesus. Like just my dad just wasn't someone who cried. And like, I just didn't know what that looked like. And it was this passion that I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. I want what he has. And so um, I gave my life to Jesus. And then that's when I started to really want to pursue being an astronaut and working for NASA because I had this dream of like space. But then I was like, I want to go see that with my own eyes. I want to be able to explore God's creation. I want to know all of what God has created. And that led to like that being my passion. So um, didn't grow up singing. I grew up playing piano um, because my mom like forced us to take piano lessons. Yeah. You'll be a well-rounded girl. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so I hated taking piano, but she made us, all three of us had to take it until we graduated high school. Um, And so I did that. And that was like my musical, like, experience or whatever. And like, I grew up in Kentucky and there wasn't, Kentucky's not like a musical town. Like there's no music industry or anything. So it was very disconnected from that life. And then, uh, my brother passed away in 2017. He died in a car accident. He was 23 years old. He died the summer going into my sophomore year of high school. And that is what shifted everything for me because when Jacob passed away, all of a sudden this dream of wanting to work for NASA and wanting to be an astronaut became completely like it just disappeared. And all of a sudden God was calling me into music. And at the time I didn't know if that was like a worship leader at a church or what I'm doing now, or maybe just, uh, you know, like leading worship every now and then, you know, volunteering, whatever. But I knew that God was using music and that was kind of like my future. And I know I would have never dreamed that he would have done what he's done now in my life, but wait, I have a question. Yeah. I got to ask because I feel like there's people listening that hear you say, um, 
I felt like God was calling me to music and they're like, wait, what does that mean? Like, how do I know? Or like, how did she know God was calling her? Did you have a dream? Did you have a vision? Was it an audible (laughs) thing? Yeah, it's actually a really crazy story. So um, the first time I sang in front of anyone was at my brother's funeral. So that was like the first. Wow. Anyone. So about two days after Jacob died, I was downstairs at my piano in the living room by myself, finally got a break from all the guests and I was just worshiping and I was singing the song, What a Beautiful Name by Hillsong. Um, and my mom was, over, she overheard me and I was mortified. And I was like, mom, like I was just trying to worship God. Like I did not know you were listening. Like, and I was like kind of upset with her cause I was super embarrassed. And she was like, and I, we had no idea you could sing. Like, what do you, like, <laughs> like how long have you been singing? Like they had no, like, I didn't even know. Like I was just worshiping. So then they asked me to sing. You were a shower performer until then. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, yes, she has blossomed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I sing at the funeral for the first time in front of anyone. And I was super nervous, but I go up on stage, sit down at the piano, about to start playing. And I just heard God's voice. And it was the craziest moment. I'll never forget it. I remember like the sun was beaming through the back window and I was on the piano and I had a guitar player and a violin player over like in front of me. And I looked out at the casket with it. We couldn't open the casket because um, he had been so like it, it was so we couldn't, you know, he couldn't be seen and it was really right. tragic. And so the casket was closed and I was looking over all of these like people that had poured into his life and I was just so devastated. And um, I remember just feeling this immediate peace and all my nerves were taken away. And then I heard God's audible voice speak to me and say word for word, and this is what I'm calling you to do. I'm calling you to praise and worship my name. Like in the midst of the wow. funeral, heard that word for word. So I was like, I don't even know what that means, but I was like, I got to get through the song. So I got through the song, immediately got in the car. And as my parents are like weeping, I mean, they just like had the funeral for their son. I was like, guys, I think something happened. Like I heard God say that I'm supposed to do music and like, this is the future. And it was like, it was a lot to handle in that moment, but it was a glimmer of hope that God was planting, like mm-hmm. a seed of hope in our hearts to know, like, you guys can't give up because I'm about to do something right. through Anne's life and you got to keep going. And so that's kind of how it all happened. That's like the long side of it. But um, it was definitely like an audible calling. I love it. I was just, I was also talking with a friend about this um, literally yesterday, uh, just walking through some hard things with her and trying to encourage her and at the same time like just be like man that's stink like that just sucks i'm sorry there's no way to shake it but the encouragement that i have found in these moments like you where you're on the car ride home from a funeral or you are in the bathroom weeping after a miscarriage like whatever it looks like for whoever's listening and even our stories it's crazy because i think almost everyone i've spoken with has this moment like an epiphany to think like i have to make it worth it like this is the worst mm-hmm. I could even imagine. Like this is the lowest I'd ever want to go. Mm-hmm. So like, let's make it count. Mm-hmm. Like let's do, you know, let's do something about it. And how beautiful that God's like, cool. Cause I promised I'm going to like have the final say, I'll make the thing good. I will yeah. like turn this into beautiful and you can't, you don't know how, but you know, it's going to happen. And that is the hope that we have mm-hmm. in Jesus. And I just don't know how people without him, do it. I know. It's I, I can't imagine. I really can't. Mm. 
Yeah. But now here you are. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, fast forward. 20-year-old mm-hmm. Caleb's female artist of the year. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> and it's this is it. I mean, mm-hmm. not it. I'm not even saying like this is the peak or the bookend or anything. It's just crazy that mm-hmm. you go from a girl that says, okay, God, use this. Use me. Here mm-hmm. I am. To God showing up in such a public and big way. Mm-hmm. So now you've been able to share this story with people. Yeah. You know? And I love like yeah. it is a public and a big way, but I always tell people like it doesn't always look like this. And there is yes still so such good. beauty in like if this isn't your story, you know, and but but the point of that is to say like that I totally believe and the Bible says this that God uses everything for our good and for his good and for the kingdom's good. So you might not see a tragedy turn into something beautiful in your lifetime, but it will eventually. And I think that's something that like I've been able to really encourage people with, with my story is especially writing a book about detail by detail of all the miracles God did is like, this is the story of my life. Yours is not going to be the same, but the hope is that God is for sure going to do something good out of your tragedy and bring something good out of it. And I think that kind of helps it. Like when we're grieving and when we're in this awful moment of like, pain and like desperation and like grief, knowing that and believing that God's going to do something out of it. That's good. That's what gets me through the hard days. And that's what continues to get me through. Like, even though I'm in the midst of this incredible career, like I still have so many hard days where I'm like, why did it have to be Jacob? Why did it have to be us? And God's like, literally will speak to me and say, Anne, it's because of what you're doing right now. Like I had that had to happen in order for you to be sharing your story and impacting all these lives or, you know, he's obviously working through me to impact these lives, but it's like, God is so good and gracious that he would choose to bring beauty out of ashes for all of us. And it's just so beautiful that he does that for us. It's such a gift. Yeah. Such a gift. It's the gift. Nobody wants mm-hmm. Spain mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And we recently had Ellie Holcomb on the show. I feel like I'm like uh, quoting all my friends. I'm just saying, I just have some amazing women join us behind the mic. Um, and I hope people hear like this theme is really woven into everything. Mm-hmm. And so I hope this is just like testimony after testimony for people that are walking through hard things to be like, okay, this has got to be legit because yeah. it is. Um, Ellie Holcomb shared that sometimes it's like when she leans into the grief, the suffering, the hardship that she's able to actually exhale goodness of God, because if she was mm-hmm. to pretend or to make something beautiful herself, I get crafty with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. And you won't really even recognize or appreciate the beauty that God could do if you just gave him the reins. And so it's one of those moments where you're mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, you've got to do something and it might not be as public as this. And I yep. might not see it in my lifetime. Yep. I'm just going to trust that what you have is better than I could ever imagine. Absolutely. Easier said than done. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's your permission out there. Like we're preaching to ourselves right now. <laughs> this is not something I have mastered and you'd probably say the same. Yes. We're just doing our best. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. I want to hear if you don't mind. Actually, I do. I want to share this with you um, and our friends listening. But I went to high school with someone who recently passed away from cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, She was in a grade younger than me, but she was a teacher at the elementary school that my aunt and my mom and a lot of our friends from high school are teachers at. So Mm -hmm. she still was very much involved in the community. Um, And it hit Haley like a ton of bricks and it just Mm -hmm. happened very quickly. Um, And at her funeral, they played My Jesus. 
And I just figured you should know that like this beautiful legacy, it's like, yes, it's on the radio, but people are claiming it as truth for themselves. So I, wow, I'm crying again. I'm like, <laughs> I told myself, I was like, we, this is just so cool that there could be a full circle story, but wanted to one tribute that moment because it was so beautiful, but to honor you and your obedience that people are literally picking up the mic and doing the same because mm-hmm. the words are there for them that maybe they wouldn't have had before. That's so, so I would love to hear the story of my Jesus. Is it from the story of Jacob, your brother, and yeah. walking through that? Or is it through a lot of things that just kind of came to a head and you're like, I have to find the words? Yeah. Well, first, that's like really sweet. Thank you for sharing that because I that has been actually the weirdest thing is that so many people play it at their funerals. And I've like never mm. would have thought that song would have been played at a funeral, but like it's so such a full song. Because you yeah. normally hear like "It Is Well" or like some beautiful hymn, yeah. and then here they are singing this, you know, it's so top sweet. radio Christian song. So yeah, beautiful. it's so sweet. Um, so actually, never really thought of that title or or that song concept. So right after Jacob died, I was so adamant about proving to myself that God was going to bring me through. Um, we had a really rough moment and you guys, if you can find this in a, I just released a new book, but you can find this in the book and I would recommend going and reading this part. Cause it's really, really, really cool and raw like, <laughs> with struggling with, um, wanting to take your life after you've lost someone wow. you love. And it was our first Christmas without Jacob. And we were as a family together and I don't want to go into too much detail, but basically we almost drove off a bridge together as a family on our first Christmas wow. without Jacob. Um, we were so depressed and so deep in pain that it was just like we had reached the end and we couldn't do it anymore. And, um, and I think that's like something that everyone thinks of when they've lost someone they love, because it feels like you can't even live without that person. Um, and you can, like God gives you the strength to get through, but in the moment, sometimes you can let the enemy take over you and like tell you, oh, you can't get through it. And, and that was like that moment. And, um, and so anyway, so I wanted to just like write down each day and just say like, God's going to get you through. He's going to get you through. So I would write down the day's date. I would journal first time ever journaling. Uh, I journaled before he died, but in a different way. And I would write down the day's date. And then at the end of the day, I would say, thank you for another day. Um, and then got into Nashville, started writing songs in 2019. I remember going back through my journals and it had been four years at that time. And I just, I wanted to see like, or I guess it's been three years. I wanted to see, um, what God had done in my life. Like I just wanted to look back and see. And I was like looking back through and I noticed I'd never referred to God as any other name other than my Jesus, like ever. Never wow. said, thank you, God, for another day. Thank you, Jesus, for another day. It was always, thank you, Lord, Jesus, yeah. for another day. And I remember like noticing that for the first time. It was almost like it had been highlighted off the page. And I remember praying and I was like, God, why is it that I've only ever written my Jesus referring to you? And I remember just like listening and doing like listening prayer. And I just remember him saying to me, it's because it's the truth and I am yours and you are mine. And we have a personal relationship with each other. And I remember just being blown away by that. Number one, because like that was what made me become a Christian was the whole, like having a personal relationship concept with Jesus. Like that's what made me want to accept him into my heart as knowing that he was personal, but then also knowing like all the stuff I had been through those past three years with grief and tragedy and all of that, that he was like my Jesus and that he had gotten me through and carried me through and all that. So 
Then I go into the writing room a couple of weeks later with uh, Matthew West and Jeff Pardo, who are the co-writers on that song. And what was cool about that was that we go into the write and we all three had the exact same title and we had never written together before. No insane. way. So, and that never happens. Like we go into the right yeah. and we're like, okay, what do we want to write about today? And Matthew's like, I have a title, my Jesus. And I'm like, I do too. And then Jeff's like, I do too. And it was like, we all had the same thought behind, we want to write a song about like a personal relationship with Jesus called my Jesus. So it was definitely written out of the place of losing my brother and journaling and, and the heart behind it is definitely that. It's like, you can be in the depths of pain, the depths of depression, the depths of grief, but let me tell you about my Jesus and let my Jesus change your life because he's going to make a way when there's no way he rises up from an empty grave. Like there's no sinner. He can't say like all of those truths that we know in the Bible, but like haven't really been put in a song before and just wrote the song that day and like released it and it blew up and, and it just, God just took it to places that we never thought it would go. So it's been really cool to see how that song came from that one moment in journaling and like intimacy with God to now this public platform for this title and this concept. Sure. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Matthew West, also a good guy on our show. Shameless plug. Um, Incredible conversation. So I can only even imagine like being a fly on that wall. I would have paid money truly to be a part of that session. Y'all are amazing. Um, I think what's so cool about this song is that uh, we're in a world right now that is so polarizing. Like every, everyone is just like on the edge of their seat, getting offended at something or just divided. Like the divisiveness is um, icky and it's so present and relevant. And I think the enemy is using it as a tool to put wedges in between um, people in the church, to put wedges between believers, non-believers, all of the things. And with that, it, it becomes like, if you look at the pattern, it's because people are making a stance and like being the judge, like being the attorney. I've said this in another episode, like getting their gavel and like trying to like host their own courtroom. When in reality, like all we're called to do is to be witnesses and a witness. All you do is you stand on a stand and you say, this is what I saw. This is what I believe. This is what I know. Do with it what you want. But like, this is what I've seen. And that is my Jesus is saying, this is what I know. This is what I've seen. This is what I've walked through. Take it or leave it. And that is like, the pressure's off. The sanctification's not on me. (laughs) It's not even on you. Like, do with it what you will. And like, what a perfect song Mm. for a moment of gathering people that are grieving, that are hurt, that need hope to be like, no pressure, but here's hope on a platter if you want it, you know, and your song and y'all's song really does present it in such a way to be like, this could be it. Um, So people, you know, for you that you might be like, I don't know why it just blew up. I'm like, I know why I can tell you. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so cool. So yeah, that's what we're called to do. And I think it's, ta- it's tangible, it's tasteful, but it's also true. Mm. And that's really hard to balance the three of those. Yeah, absolutely. So good job, girlfriend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, something you also, you said, and I want to dive into this with you. You said, I had to convince myself that like, God was at work because you probably just didn't believe it. Like you knew it with your head, but you didn't feel it with your heart. Is that kind of how you felt the disconnect? Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, um, you know, I like read the Bible and like gone to church and like my whole life, but it was like, is he really going to show up? I don't know. Is he really going to bring something beautiful out of it? I didn't know. So I was like, I got to convince myself 
and prove to myself that God's going to do something out of it. And sure enough, he did more than I could have ever dreamed. Yeah. I want to talk about practicals. Like you say, I had to prove to myself and convince myself. Love that you mentioned journaling. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am all about taking pen to paper Mm -hmm. because things come out of you you never knew. Right? We're there. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I read back through some journals and I'm like, wow, praise God for transformation because I really did believe that that was the thing. Yes. That was true. <laughs> uh, so one, it could be your own dang yeah. testimony Absolutely. one day, um, but it also can just be revealing of like where mm-hmm. your heart actually is. Mm-hmm. It just cuts the nonsense. Mm-hmm. So love journaling. What else do you have for maybe people listening that are like, man, I really want to start claiming hope in the midst of this crazy messy season for myself. I I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Cause I feel like those are the moments that are the hardest. You can, you can like have a list and like a to do mm. and be like, this is what I'll do when things get crazy. But then when things get crazy, you kind of get paralyzed. So let's bring out some tools for our friends listening that yeah. are in that stuck place. For me, journaling was the biggest. Um, I think worshiping was another one. Like choosing to worship God in the midst of suffering is a huge undertaking and there's a lot of blessing on the other side of it. And I always go back to the fact that we were not made for suffering and sin. We were actually originally designed for the garden and the garden was going to be this beautiful place with no sin and everything was great and perfect and whatever. And then because of Adam and Eve sinning, we now live in a world where there's sin and there's defeat and disappointment and sickness and all these awful things. And, but we were designed for that. And so it's like God's original intent was for us to be in a perfect place. And now it's Mm. been corrupted. And it's like, so when we go through things, we're not, we don't know how to go. Like we don't know how to handle them because we weren't originally designed to handle them. And so I always remind myself of that. And I let that be like my focus point of God's heart is incredibly compassionate and he doesn't want us to actually have to suffer, but we made that decision because he gave us the free will to do so. And I think that's like something that like inspires me as I'm going through something hard. So journaling is a big thing, but then like worshiping and choosing to say, even though I'm suffering, even though I just lost someone I love, even though I'm could even like dying with cancer, like I'm going to choose to trust God and worship him through my suffering because he's that good. And because I know that he's going to get me through and he's going to pull me through the tragedy. And I think realizing that like, you can't do it alone. You have to go to God. So don't turn on God. Don't resent him because he's the only way you can survive it. Like there's no other way that you can get through the loss of someone that you love or whatever it may be in your life right now. And so worshiping God was really good because I would like surrender. It felt like I was surrendering my whole being to him every day. Like I would surrender my pain, my questions, my doubts, my disappointments, my frustrations towards him. And then I would just worship him. And by the end of my worship time, I would be so happy, so content, so joyful, so grateful. And I would like not forget about the loss, still very much there, but I would see it from a new perspective. And so worship was like my lifeline. Um, I also think just diving in the word was really important. Like going through a Bible study, like I got really involved with She Reads Truth at the time and I was doing the Bible studies all the time. And um, I was just like digging into like the word, like letting that be my rock and my foundation. And that was really helpful, like continuously reminding myself of the truths in the Bible of 
that I'm not alone, that I'm not walking through this alone, that Jesus weeps with me and all of that. So I feel like those are some good things that you guys can put into practice for those of you listening, like journaling, worshiping, and just reading the Bible, because that's the hope that we have. Like we don't have anything other than the Bible. And so if you're not in that and you're not in the word, like you don't have anything. So it's like, that is like my, that was like my lifeline, like having the word of God and reminding myself of God's goodness is what kept me going as I was just deep in pain and grief. Yeah. And the more you get to know, or I'll say this, like the more you spend time in scripture and read the Bible, the more you get to know God rather than getting to know yourself. Absolutely. And when you get to know the character of God, it's easier to believe those things that seem Mm -hmm. so cheesy and cheap and put on a Hobby Lobby poster. You're like, no, like that's actually legit. And here's how I know. And here's a story it came from. Mm -hmm. And they kind of walked through a lot too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that is like, Spoiler alert, the whole Bible is things happening, the world being corrupt, Mm -hmm. destruction, chaos, all the things. And then either the people turn on God and complain or they run to him for hope. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see in every story Mm -hmm. like what happens in both directions. And the beautiful thing is that he always rescues like both people. So you can handle this however you want Mm -hmm. for sure. The journey could be longer than you'd want it to Mm -hmm. be. And it could also come to a close right now Mm -hmm. by just surrendering the situation to him. Your choice. But praise God for a God who's like, whatever you choose, I'll still come through for you. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll still choose you, whether you choose me. Yeah. And um, like, so sweet. We don't deserve it. Not at all. It's amazing. No. Yeah. Okay. Fun question. This is like total shift in the conversation. Okay. I feel weird. (laughs) Like we just went to the abyss and now we're like (laughs) snorkeling up to the top again. Okay. Have you had any fun fangirl moments since stepping into this world? I just am like, it's just funny because I think I'll say this, that a lot of friends I've met through podcast world, um, I feel like we have the opportunity to stand in rooms, to sit at tables, to be in writing rooms, like whatever with people that I'm like, if you had told my 18 year old self, this would be me, you know? And so we all have like really fun stories. You're allowed a fangirl or you can be totally cool and be like, I don't fangirl. I, but I just want to know, do you have a, is this real life moment? So first one was Lauren Daigle. She was like everything to me. And like when she was at like her first record, How Can It Be? I was about like 15 or like maybe like 14. I can't remember, but that was right before my brother passed away. And I was a huge fan of Lauren Daigle, still am. Well, we had like seen each other here and there and, but it was never like talked, but like at the Kayla Fan Awards in May, I was in my dressing room and I get a knock on the door <laughs> and I'm like, come in. Like I was getting ready for my performance and Lauren Daigle walks in my dressing room And she takes the time to come all the way to my dressing room and gives me like a big hug and just starts like praying over me and encouraging me to go and telling me like all these incredible like pieces of advice and like just loving on me. And I was like, my heart was like palpitating. I was so nervous because I was like, I love you so much. (laughs) But also like she was so genuinely kind. And like, it was like, I hope and pray that I am like this to other, like if if there's ever another girl in the next five years that comes up in Christian music that is, looks up to me, like that's the goal. Like she was so incredibly genuine and kind Mm -hmm. and loving and took the time to come to me in that sweet way. Um, And I was, I mean, she was like my biggest inspiration. So that was definitely the biggest moment. And then she's so rad. She is. I love her and her style and her vibe and everything. 
She doesn't follow any. No, she's like, I am pioneering this thing. Yes. And she is. She does her own yeah. thing. And it's amazing. Um, and then Stephanie Gretzinger is, I used to be worship leader at Bethel. And she's like, I became a Christian, like, because of her. Like, the wow. same day that I accepted Jesus, I saw a video of her worshiping at Bethel. And I was like, I felt the Holy Spirit for the first time. And I was like, I want that. And so um, I got to write with her in 2019. And that was pretty insane. Like, I was just blown away. So definitely have had some moments. I kind of still do. Like I'm currently on tour with Kane and Casting Crowns. And I'm like, the fact that I'm opening for Casting Crowns after going to see them like 10 times in my childhood is pretty crazy. <laughs> it's just like, like God like showing up again and again and again. And it's, it's a gift. So, so cool. I think like what's so beautiful about the story and I hope what people hear is yes, like the overall theme of like, you know, your hope, you can have hope through loss and all the things, but I think what I hope really people hear is um, that beautiful things can happen from small conversations, divine encounters where you're able to speak into someone's life mm-hmm. in their heart and give them the hope that they maybe have lost. Mm-hmm. Or you can stand on a stage with a microphone and sing your heart out Absolutely. and it can be anything in between. Yeah. But that God can show up in every single corner of this mm-hmm. world if Absolutely. you let him. Yep. And so like, to ask the friends listening, what corner are you standing in? And like, where can you let him be known? Because someone who works a grocery line checkout, you're going to reach people I never would meet. And then me sitting in my living room, watching the monitor while my baby naps behind a microphone, like I get to have conversations other people can't have. Like everyone is, is making this world go around for the kingdom in a different way. So like, how can you show up and, and choose when you don't feel like when you don't feel like it, that's Mm -hmm. the thing too, is the discipline that I hear you say and want to honor you for that too, because Mm -hmm. you're not saying this is easy and you're not saying it comes natural. You're just saying that God deserves it. So here you are. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's so true. It's It's so good. And we don't even deserve to be alive, let alone to have a God that would send his son to die for us and sacrifice. Like, and I, I remember when I was first just falling in love with Jesus, like remembering and like realizing like he gave up his life for me. Like when you, when you start to realize how personal he is and how much he loves you, it changes everything. And you're like, I just want to, I just want to be so close to you. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what you have to put me through. Like, I just want to be so close to you. And that was a huge, Stephanie Gretzinger was like a huge, still is a huge inspiration in how she can't say the name of Jesus without crying. Like it's impossible for her because she's so in love with him and she wants to know him so closely that she like wants to feel him like right here. And like, that's my goal was like that, that would be how close I am to him because he number one, like deserves all of the praise and glory. But number two, like he's the only one that can fulfill us. Like he's the only one that can give us what we need because he created us. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. as hard as it, for those listening, like I know that these seasons are really hard and they're very, very painful. And again, you weren't designed to go through them, but there's a God that has so much grace for you and that loves you. And all he wants is a chance to to show you that he can, like, he's going to be faithful and he's going to prove himself to you. And he's going to be incredibly good to you, but he needs you to trust him back and like surrender everything you're going through to him and let him be your father. And I think I had to realize that when my brother passed away. And then once I realized that I was just, just able to rest in who God is and he got me through the worst season of my life. So he is so good and he will never leave you. So good. And, oh, are you kidding me? I'm like, this is so fun. I love this so much. 
I want people to get everything that they can out of this conversation, which doesn't stop at 34 minutes and however many seconds we are right now. Okay. This, this conversation, the, the things that are stirring up in your heart, like you can still continue to munch on them through your brand new project, which is so beautiful. One, if you haven't heard the song, my Jesus, like just go ahead and cue it up. Number two though, and you wrote a book called My Jesus, yes. and you kind of mentioned it. It's got like yeah. tons of beautiful stories, miracles, yeah, yeah, real life testimonies of how God came through for you. Um, but tell us where we can find it. Shameless plug it up, girl. So first thing is I have a record that came out in April. It's my debut record called My Jesus, and there are 14 songs on the record. It's a really incredible um, piece of work that God put together in like a really beautiful way. And it's just a really special project to me, first record. And there's a lot of like, especially for those listening that are going through loss, like it's, it's very much geared towards loss and it's called my Jesus because it flows from that and just listen to the record. And there's a song called closer to God on the record that it, I weep still. And I've, I've like been right. <laughs> I cry at my own. Yeah. Song. I can't. I, that means I, that that means it's not really your song exactly. if you can weep at it. Exactly. Like I I cry, like I worship the Lord to it, like in my prayer time. Like it's it doesn't even feel like it's my song because it's not, it's his. It's so beautiful. So um, but then I released a book in October on October 25th. It's called My Jesus from Heartache to Hope. And it goes into the story of the song, but it's way more than that. It's basically my whole life up until now, um, from childhood up until now, but it's not like um it's just basically goes into the, the details of what God did in my family's life from losing our brother to getting me a, like a record deal and all these incredible miracles to point back to the fact that what I was saying earlier at the beginning of this conversation that like God can do anything with anyone, but that God's always going to bring something beautiful out of something tragic. And so that's the whole point of the book is how you go from heartache to hope. Um, and so you can get all of that at my website, com, And that's also where all my tour dates are and everything else. Um, I'm touring a lot next year and I'm super excited about it. So um, we'd love to see you guys come out to a show. And um, we perform No Place Like Home at all of our shows, which is a really sweet song about me and my brother and our memories together. Um, and so it's just like, it's just a really special time to be like in person at a concert and to meet you guys. So I would love to see y'all c- and come out to that. So yeah, animalsandofficial.com for all of my records, book, everything else. Wait, you have to tell me, maybe you've already, re- you've released your tour dates. Like we know where you're going and when or not. Yeah. So I'm on Winter Jam okay. from January to March and that's all released. You can find that on my website. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think Winter Jam comes to Birmingham this year, this next time. I think it does. Alabama. Yeah. Yes. <gasps> Don't quote me, but we'll look it up. We'll put it in the show notes so people can go. I love it. So all of our Birmingham girlies. Yes. See y'all there. Can't wait. That'd be so fun. (laughs) Um, Okay. One of our favorite questions to ask, and we can end the show with this. And if you don't answer in a way that I want you to, I'm going to ask you again because I have something I'm trying to like selfishly get out of you. Okay. You ready? What is something that you're loving these days that you have to share with our friends listening? Wow. Okay. It can Uh, be anything anything it's gonna be like it's gonna be like girl products I was gonna say if you don't talk about your makeup routine I will have to then ask you what is what it is your favorite makeup product because girlies listening you should know like Anne is just like wow so sweet okay well you got it now do you do your own makeup for like 
shoots and shows I, and stuff? I do. I don't for like music yeah. videos, but for everything else I do, I used to watch YouTube videos like from eight years old until now. Like I would study makeup artists. We so love. I, I trained myself like over 10 years basically, but, um, she's an well, astronaut, makeup artist, musician, author, <laughs> <laughs> all the things. I okay, love go, Charlotte go. Tilbury, um, the Hollywood flawless filter foundation it's like on back okay. everywhere and it's out of stock but like if you can get it it's basically like a foundation but it's very sheer and it has a glow to it so it's not a lot of coverage for like a natural look but it's so beautiful it makes your skin look mm-hmm. like really fresh and new and it's just a really good product that i've been loving and um i've also been loving i love having long fake nails it's my favorite thing ever yes queen so i've got red nails on right now I love it. and um yeah, I just like the little things like that. Just like give me joy. Like going to get my nails done brings me so much joy. Oh, I get it. So. Oh my gosh, yeah. I am all about it. No shame. I Listen, I used to have long fake nails and then now I like wipe butts and make snacks as my like <laughs> job. And I just don't feel like diaper cream under long sure. fake nail yeah, is yeah, the yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. One day. But one day. One day I will be that car ride soccer. I'll be the car line soccer ride. Yeah. Wow. I can't talk. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Soccer mom, car line mom. Yeah. yeah. And she will be back. Mm-hmm. We will have the acrylic fake nails again. Yeah. Um, yes. It's just not, it's just not my season. Yeah. And I'm okay. okay. It's all good. <laughs> so until we'll have the nubs and the gel. Yes. I'm like, I'm, I can be about it. <laughs> I love it. You are so much fun, like a true delight. And I just want people to run, go grab the book. Makes a great gift. I'll just like, this is how I see it. Yes, for you, like go get the book for you because it's incredible with just all the stories. But I think it also would make a great gift for sympathy or you don't know what to say or how to love a friend through a hard season. Like get them a Starbucks gift card in this book and be like, here, I love you. Yeah, Um, Because I think that like God can really move through the stories that you're sharing yeah. and the words that you have. So um, that's how I see this. Mm-hmm. And then also we'll just link all of you and your fun things and things mm-hmm. we talked about today in our show notes. But Anne, thank you for just sharing your time with us today yeah. and our story. Thank you Grateful so for you. much for having me. It's been such a joy to talk to you. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.